The Sacred Dynamics podcast explores some of the biggest topics of our time, including the true nature of reality, the healing and awakening process, the evolution of consciousness, deception on the path, natural law, and daring to tackle the greatest of all quests, the journey of self-realization. Through conscious awareness and the law of correspondence, we engage individually and thus collectively in the restoration of humanity, embodying life itself, and our symbolic relationship with nature. Dear friends, dear sacred souls, welcome to the fourth episode of the Sacred Dynamics podcast. And to this grand community of seekers, thanks for coming. In our last episode, we covered a lot of very relevant and important content. Here is a summary of the golden nuggets we touched on. We talked about the sacred heart, heart wisdom, know thyself. We talked about how to go back to the basics, understand what flows and the path of least resistance, to heal and awaken, clear away the confusion, stress and static, give the content context. We talked about the Kundalini energy and the biological technology that it is, the ego and its death, the amazing and powerful concept that, or reality, that I am that I am and the basics of the chakra system. In this episode, we will cover the modern phenomenon known as breathwork, its ancient roots and science, and its relation to the healing and awakening process. Why is breathwork so significant? An introduction to various breath types and methods, breath basics and benefits, breath as the profound teacher, and its link to awareness, its link to meditation, its link to the healing process, its link to the realization process, and practical ways to use the breath on a daily basis. But before we get, we get too far into this fascinating and powerful episode, I have a quick question for you, Jay. All right. For all of those who may be new to this topic, what is breathing? <laughs> I love it. Yes, indeed, Ro. <laughs> Such a loaded and yet profound start, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Thank you, brother. Let's see. Breathing, at its basic understanding, is the process of vital life force intake and exhaust through the body instrument. So the way that you breathe affects every system and function in the body. There are many intricate components to this seemingly simple process, let me say that. But, you know, you don't really need to know any of them to experience profound effects right now. Mm -hmm. But more on that shortly. As for living functions, as for living itself, do you ever really ponder on how important breathing actually is? Well, <laughs> Breath, uh, in a sense, is the most powerful tool uh, we all probably have, uh, but haven't been maximizing it, and it's right under our nose. Yes, good no? point. It's Indeed. one of those capacities that we have and that we use all the time, and thus we are all so very close to breath. Nevertheless, we don't see it clearly at times. We don't see the profound impact that breath has on us, and... Uh, It's so obvious, yet we must discover it. It's definitely something fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, let's look at it this way. Let's, let's jump in like this. Let's start with uh, putting it into its, the context of its significance. So let's start with the primaries, no? If you go with food and say, how long can you go without food? You know, if you, if you look that up, you'll see things like, you know, that's like a, you, people can go like a week without food. Um, I can personally vouch for 30 days without food, Ooh. but that we'll do the, more of that in a future episode. Um, how about water? These are the basics, right? Absolutely. So, you know, they say three or four days without water. And I can tell you that there are people that do seven day plus dry fasts. And so again, we'll cover more of that in another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but how about the breath? Again, I can vouch for three, four minutes on hold. Um, and, you know, actually there's a style of pranayama breathing that is basically, it's basically unregisterable, registrable. Is, is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> Unregisterable, meaning it's so subtle that it's almost not happening. So imagine that the inhale is so subtle that it just continues, continues, continues so effortlessly that it's basically not breathing, but it's going in slowly for an extended period and then breathing out slowly, so subtly that it's almost that there is no breathing taking place. Ooh. This is the key to the the really finite pranayama. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and wow, Jay, I mean, 30 days with no food, that's that's quite impressive. And well, the, you know what? I'm just too lazy to go to the supermarket. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, 30 days with no food, three to four days with no water, and three to four minutes on a hold. I mean, that's, that's very, very impressive. And um, w- w- what's the difference between these three actions? I mean, for 30 days with no food or four minutes without air, it's clear how important the breath and the air is for us, no? It's, it's a huge uh, difference. And how interesting. Have you guys seen the similarities between a tree, the tree branches, I'm, I mean the tree branches and the, and the lungs, uh, after you take an X-ray? It's quite amazing. And even more amazing is that we humans breathe in what trees breathe in, what trees breathe out, and they breathe in what we breathe out. It's a, it's an interesting relation. It's right? a profound exchange, and you know what? If you look at it, if you look at that, it's very interesting because it's actually even deeper than that, because the tree is a reflection. What you see outside of you is actually a reflection. The psyche is reflecting. So now imagine that you are, the tree is also breathing what you're breathing and breathing out what, what you don't need. So it's not just the exchange, it's a double exchange. Anyway, more on that in, <laughs> But in another topic. What's definitely true is that we are nature altogether, no? Indeed. And that's important. Um, breathwork has become a contemporary bus term. And it's actually deeply relating to much more ancient practices, right? It's not, it's, not like a, it's not like popular these days and that's it. It's something that comes from oof, ancient oh, Absolutely. Times. What hasn't come from the ancients, really? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a, there's a really powerful quote that I, that I liked that, that uh, uh, was from Matsu Basho. And it says, seek not the paths of the ancients, seek that which the ancients sought. Nice. And so this is, you know, going back thousands and thousands of years in the yoga traditions, 
you know, these breathing practices were known as pranayama, mm -hmm. which is, you know, becoming more and more of a common term, obviously in the yoga circles, but it's becoming just much more of a, a common term. And it's related to pranayama, which I can tell you that it's something that I think is elusive to most to understand it. It is related to reducing breathing and breath holds, basically. Mm -hmm. And then you see all these other different types of breath. And in, in the tradition of yoga, these are called shatkarmas. And so typically they're referred to as kriyas. So someone will say they're doing kriya breaths or kriya okay. yoga. And, you know, and there are many, many of these. And these are cleansing techniques. So these are related to kundalini awakening. These are related to cleansing and, you know, exercising and working with the breathing apparatus. And, you know, pranayama is basically, if it, when you translate it into, you know, from Sanskrit in, into English, basically prana is life force. Um, you know, and so, you know, there'll be people that translate it and they say, oh yeah, that's breath, you know, breath control, but actually prana is not related to the mundane breathing. It's related to a much more uh, sophisticated uh, intake because you're taking in ether, you're taking in spirit, mm -hmm. you're taking in life force. Yeah. And so it's more than just pretending that it's some, you know, that you're bringing in some uh, oxygen, which would be, you know, is a much more mundane consideration. And so that's prana, which is life force, and then yama, and which is basically control. And so, you know, basically what it really means is working with your own energy. Exactly. That's what it means. And then, you know, kriya or kriya translated, you know, from Sanskrit to English, it means complete, completed action. And so basically it's a set of actions to complete an outcome. That's the terminology of what kriyas are. So okay. you're putting together a set of actions in order for a certain outcome. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, super powerful, the, the whole concept of working with your own energy because it refers back to you getting back your power, no? And, and that's impressive. That, that's fundamental. So pranayama, life force control. Awesome. I like to think sometimes uh, when, I, when I think of pranayama in a, in a much more dumbed down uh, <laughs> way <laughs> or practical way, if I may, It's like uh, thinking of it like the like if if we were uh, if we were able to have a remote control uh, pranayama or or just breath work would be like uh, hitting the relaxation button. No, mm -hmm. it's a, it's it's a shortcut to kind of understanding how to get control of your of yeah, your to regulate rhythm, your system regular mm -hmm. exactly. No? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean. You know, some of the oldest, and this is, this, is an interesting, this is an interesting point, because in our last podcast, we were talking about inspired and in spirit. Yep. And that is also related to the breath directly. Absolutely. And so what a cool way to link it, because <clears throat> some of the oldest translations of spirit relate to the animating principle or the breath of life. And so inspire is to breathe in prana. It's to breathe in spirit. In spirit. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, to be inspired is to be in spirit, and that is to bring in literal force of, you know, this is the ether force. This is the magical force. And so, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, as they say. And in contemporary times, there are many contemporary breathwork brands or styles. 
and more each day. And, 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 I'm, and I'm calling it that because, you know, I, I say brands because in our contemporary climate, there's so, much, there's so much to do with niche marketing and capturing and interacting through commerce. And so it's like, you know, there's so many different camps that are looking to create their own terminology for something that's been practiced for 10,000 years. Absolutely. So, you know, utilizing contemporary medical paradigms is what a lot of these contemporary ones do. And the paradigms that they're referring to, that they're utilizing, are not exactly or completely sound science. Mm -hmm. There are many omissions. There are things that are not... Even in contemporary science, there's a lot that's missing as to actually what is taking place through natural law, through different biological processes. And so it's more like what's happening is, is that there's limited revealings of natural laws and ancient sciences. And, and, and talking about sciences, but it's impressive to think that none of these are taught in schools. I mean let alone science, no? Yeah. But even in school. So uh, this must become part of the learning cu curriculum for kids in a very, from a very, very young age. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would save many, many problems. Um, because it, it, I, I, I sometimes uh, think that when you are automatically breathing, that's not pranayama. In, no? It, yeah, it's you're, just... You're the, leaving it on the... Well, it's... There's a difference between... Breathing. There's a difference between consciously engaged in and influencing exactly. the breath. And then there is an automated breath where your attention goes off to something else and you relinquish the quote-unquote breath control mm -hmm. to the apparatus, the breath apparatus, the body. And what it's doing is that it's operating on a bias that has been created. It's biasing based on what you continue to leave it to do. And it's just there to keep you alive. It's not trying to activate you. It's just there exactly. to keep you alive. And, you know, what's interesting is that it doesn't matter who, when you become really calm and present, and this is what's so profound about breathing, when you become really calm and present, you tap into universal knowledge. And this makes this It becomes obvious. Things become obvious to you when you're in that state where you realize within the breath different aspects of your own um, tendencies and, and patterns, and you see them, and you are finally there to witness them. Absolutely. And I, as I said a, a couple minutes back, it's not only important to teach kids of this, but uh, young boys, young girls, adults, you know, even senior people. Everybody. Everybody. This applies to everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why, that's why it's, be, uh, th that's some of the reasons why it's becoming so significant is because there isn't anyone who is out of the circle of value of this. There's not like, someone's like, no, no, I don't need the whole breathing thing. I'm going to do something else. It's like, okay, <laughs> but you're not. <laughs> And you may not optimize it. Absolutely. But, you know, you're, you're going to breathe no matter whether you like it or not. Or if you don't like it, then you may end up having to leave the body and, you know. Depart. Depart. So, Absolutely. So why don't, we, why don't we touch a little bit on, uh, in regards to, the, just for a sec, I just want to dip into some of the, uh, just on the healing process and just the whole scope on illness and touch on cause. 
when in the in the relation, no? Absolutely. Um, the thing is, is that we, uh, you know, healing sickness, it, it's kind of become like this watered down general buzz term where there's just, you know, you, you just look and it's like, are you a healer? Um, he's a healer and they're a healer. And it's like, well, what are they talking about? Um, what, what does that mean? Uh, and, you know, and I don't want to reference the, the, the Germanic new medicine, the Germanische Heilkunde. I want to, I want to just reference on it because, you know, without the comprehension of the five biological laws that Dr. Hammer discovered within the Germanic new medicine paradigm, one is really absent to the key to illness, to the actual biological operations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the moment and the reason for the true cause is not there. You go to the doctor and they're just looking at symptoms and then they want to suppress them and make them go away and fight your symptoms. But that's not how it actually works. That's not healing. Yeah, there's a, there's a fundamental question missing. What was the cause? Yeah. No? And, and here's the thing. What's going on is that there is a lot of generality coming from the cause. For example, look, like, for example, it's like grasping in the dark. They're saying, what's the cause? It's genetic. You know what that means? That means that they don't actually know. That's what they mean when they say gen it's a genetic thing. Or, you know, or, or when they say like, uh, oh, in the more contemporary circle, they go, oh, yeah, it's trauma. Oh, okay. Um, which trauma? And what is the operation that that trauma is running in the body? And but you, you just blanket say it's trauma and then we're going to heal it, but you still don't know. Exactly. It's trauma and here's the medication and that's it. And yeah. where's the cause? Yeah. No. It's very difficult to, to, to try and teach, uh, like, I mean, as breath and pranayama must be universal knowledge and practice, the very exact, exact applies to the GHK. You just mentioned the Germanic medicine. Right. The brie the brie for, for our listeners, the abbreviation to the, the Germanic is GHK. And what GHK stands for is Germanische Heilkunde. This is German. And this is the terminology for this uh, very profound uh, biological uh, uh, discoveries that are, by the way, unrefuted, unrefuted. to this day. It's yeah. just that they're hidden, buried, and, you know, and pardon the term, but they're bastardized or, you know, uh, uh, what would you say that they... One can, can't even talk about it. Yeah. Or, you know? It, look it up and it's going to tell you it's a pseudoscience. Exactly. A pseudoscience that is actual real science. And, and, the, <laughs> and the best part of this is that you can try it for yourself and you will know. Yeah, you don't even... That's the beauty of it. The idea is that this isn't about believing it. Exactly. It's about actually watching it happen. And definitely there's going to be more in, in future episodes because this episode is about the breath. And so as breath must be universal knowledge and practice, we think and we believe that the same applies to GHK. Yeah. Now, as they say in GHK community, one must learn this knowledge while one is healthy because it's very difficult to try and teach a drowning person how to swim. Yeah. If you're if, you know? if someone's already in the hospital and they're buried in treatment and they're under high levels of stress, they're not going to have the bandwidth to comprehend 
something that's a paradigm shift from where they're laying right now. Absolutely. So, you know, this is, that's, that's very significant. And, you know, in, in the contemporary medicine, just, we're just, just going to take a little deviation on this just for a moment because it's so significant. And of course, as we've discussed, we are going to have a very dedicated and important episode to this coming up and we'll continue touching on it because this education is so, so, so important. And so, you know, in contemporary medicine, there's, as we said, there's this relying on the symptoms. There's the invisible enemies. There's the, you know, there's the genetics. Um, that nature is malevolent and that there's bad, there's bad nature and nature's after you. Fear-based. Fear-based stuff. And, you know, also that it supports this model. And, and yet, you know, even in the more natural, like if you look at, you know, the naturopathic world and more, you know, people who are more... Uh, you know, looking for a more natural way of going about it, they're also speaking on and communicating about trauma, and they're talking about things like um, trauma-informed breathwork and polyvagal breathwork and all these things. And I'm going to touch on those in a second because those are, uh, you know, that's guesswork because they don't actually know the five biological laws. And there are some very big, um, you know, there's a lot of different organizations operating in this fashion, and they actually are doing experimental work and speaking as if they are absolutely directing towards the cause. And so if you say generally the cause is trauma and then you get someone to say, yeah, it was because I went through this or that, um, you know, you're missing a huge part of the ingredients because the body is going to be deploying operations inside that these groups aren't aware of. Absolutely. So, you know, so, so, you know, there's, there's also, you know, there's, they're talking about this as like psychological conflicts. Well, let me tell you that there's a big difference between um, a psychological conflict and an actual biological conflict. For sure. And so, you know, a biological conflict is a, is a conflict that relates to the psyche, the brain, and the organ, all three of them simultaneously. And so, you know, the way that one would know that they, they were... Uh, going through a biological conflict is that there's three criteria to it. One is that you're caught on the wrong foot. The other is that it's felt isolated. So you're isolated in in the experience and that it is highly acute dramatic. And these are the criteria for it to be a biological conflict. So whenever a person um, has this uh, occasion where these three criteria meet, then there's the, that's when the, the, the symptoms or occur the 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 well so this is it, there's going to be uh, in future episodes we're going to break some of this down yeah what happens I- immediately upon this conflict biological conflict is that the body deploys a program and the program that it deploys is deployed in order to clear heal and resolve the conflict mm-hmm so the body actually deploys a program to do this. Most people don't even know this. Yeah. This is part of the, the profound uh, discoveries of the five biological laws. And so most practitioners don't know this. Doctors don't know this. And it's, it's huge to know this because there are special programs operating. And when you understand them, then you start to understand where they're operating, what they're doing, what, uh, you know, th- then you understand the healing phase. So, you know, this doesn't, it doesn't take away the significance of breath work. It pla- places it into context. Exactly. You know, and it just proves that, you know, without the actual cause, it's all guesswork. Period. 
Absolutely. It's, you know, it's yeah. experimental. So important to focus on the cause. Uh, that, that I would say, it's, it's the key. And that's why GHK, it's considered the only real casual or ca ca causal, causal, uh -huh. causal therapy. Uh -huh. It focuses in finding the cause of the disease. And another thing to consider is that conventional medicine is based only on statistics. We're taking thousands of statistics, no? Like we're yep. talking about thousands of statistics in conventional medicine as opposed to GHK that, uh, as you mentioned, Jay, it only works with five biological laws. And that those five, lo uh, five biological laws are replicable in a case-by-case -case mm -hmm. basis, no? Yeah. Well, we're already peeling back the, <laughs> the microphone here. This Why is super interesting. I know. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're definitely going to move into the GHK in a future episode soon. Let's get back to the breath. Let's, let's climb back into the breath and really, you know, I'd, I'd like to in, invite our audience just to take a moment because we just hit some impactful things. Let's take a moment to just take a nice, deep inhale through the nose and release with a sigh. Ah, mm. <sighs> there we go. Modern adaptations. <laughs> Many ancient cultures utilized breathing, let me tell you, obviously. Anyone who was alive utilized breathing, but ancient cultures used it in essence for becoming aware, to engage within their own internal system. So the thing is, is it none probably as in-depth, scientific, and extensively realized as the ancient yogic philosophy and traditions? You know, in fact, the basis in the yogic tradition is that each individual nervous system only has a certain amount of breaths. And so the yogi basically is slowing them down for preservation and slowing it down for deeper access and activation. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it sounds like uh, we are like uh, light bulbs, no? Like uh, oh, yeah. every light bulb has a certain amount of on and offs. Yeah. Uh, on, until sun. That's what they say. <laughs> exactly. That's what they say. <laughs> That's the body. I mean, you know, it's very interesting because... You know, we, you got to remember that we are the light shining through the mind and the body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we're caught in the context of being the body and being the mind, we really misinterpret a lot of what's taken, uh, taken place. Contemporary breath work has its roots in pranayama and cleansing kriyas. That's, that's for certain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if there are, you know, there are lots of contemporary breath workers that, you know, uh, have got their certificates And they're, you know, they're practitioners, but, you know, there are a lot that may not comprehend that what they're doing is an adaptation of an already deeply practiced, realized, and scientifically dissected process. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, the Vedic, the Vedics, the yogic breathing tradition, I mean, it's like 10,000 years old. So, wow. you know, and based in extensive sacred science and natural law. Yeah, and just to put a reference here, it's 10,000 years old when Egyptians were about 5,000 years ago. So uh -huh. it's double that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, working with the natural spectrum of elements is one of the keys to it, to achieve perfect center, to clear, to calibrate, to activate, and to understand. Understand. To understand. Yeah. I love that term. Um, now... When you say cleansing, Jay, um, that's interesting because I, I guess the 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 um, 
diaphragm. The, the diaphragm, everything expands while, while uh -huh. you're breathing or contracts. And that's like a sort of like a muscle organ massage of some sure, sort. Sure, that too, oh. that too. And you've got, you've got, um, you've got expansion contraction, which is hot and cold, which are the two masculine feminines. And mm -hmm. so they're opposing each other. You've got particulates that are internally in the body that are meant to detox and be released through the breath. Um, you know, there's, uh, I mean, yeah, there's many of those. Yeah. Cleansing, 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 cleansing. I mean, that's the, the thing is, is that boy, I'm going to tell you, we're going to get into some really amazing stuff here. Um, the, the thing about breathing, and this is, this is something that I would say is probably so profound that the breathing teaches us what is. While you're breathing in this continuous, conscious, um, relaxed, aware state, it taps into the living story. It slows us into now, to right now, to go in between the lines, to get into the formless state mm -hmm. again, to the, the knowledge of the universe, which is a living organism, and we are it. And so we slow down to it. This is where self-knowledge is considered. You know, consider how profound the breath cycle is itself. Yeah. Is this what, what um, conscious, intuitive breathing means and teaches? No? Yeah. I mean, the point of it is that there's one thing where you would say, okay, I'm going to get a practitioner and they're going to tell me, breathe in and then hold it and then breathe out and then do it a bunch of times and then I'm going to get a really good feeling on it. Mm-hmm. But there's a much deeper, deeper, deeper space here where you're actually going in to learn of, your, of yourself and all the patterns that are taking place. And you're discerning this. You're bringing your attention inside. Mm -hmm. Consider how profound the breath cycle is. It literally teaches of birth and death and the cycle. The inhale, it has a beginning and it has an ending. There's a pause in between. This is stillness. This is formlessness. This is the space in between. This is neutral. Anything that's going forward, it has to slow down and stop before it goes in reverse, yeah. even if it's very, very finite. And so, you know, the exhale has a beginning and an ending and a pause in between. Then there's the masculine and feminine. The start of the breath. If you look at breath on a clock, you look at it as a cycle on a clock. Mm -hmm. If you start at 12 o'clock at the top, and you say, here's my inhale. Your first quarter is passive. It's feminine. But your second quarter from three to six you is active. Engage. Now you're engaging to pull more. Exactly. Then you switch to neutral at six o'clock and it goes passive. From six to nine, you are passive. You are, it's feminine. And then from nine to 12, you're active again. It's masculine. Yeah. And then you go into the pause. So now you see that what you're doing is, is that you're ironing out your relation to mm. masculine and feminine energies. Mm -hmm. Not just because you're a, a, a male or a female, you have both of these energies. Feminine is magnetic, masculine is electric, and you're working through these. And so, you know, this is, the, this is profound. This is, that alone is just profound. And this is just the entrance into learning from breathing itself. Absolutely. Now, I have a question here to clarify and to give uh, 
well, more context to our audience, but how to interpret the pause, the, the, this pause in between in inhale and exhale. You mentioned the formless, the knowledge of the universe and stillness. Is there another way to understand this brief but also eternal moment? Okay. All right. Look, this is consider for a, a, just consider form as limited and formless as unlimited. Mm -hmm. And you know the, the notes, the sacred notes that I sent? Lovely. On the sacred notes, I had touched on a very, very significant component here. And I love the metaphor of the movie. And what, what happens is that anything that is in form has now lost its potentiality because it's collapsed to a single form. As soon as you go out of that form, you have pure potential again. Mm -hmm. Anything, it can be anything until you lock it into form. Once you lock it into form, it can't be anything but that form. Mm -hmm. And so this is a relation to your <clears throat> essence, the thing that's streaming through the mind and the body. This essence is formless. As soon as you attach it to the body, you have limited it from formless to a form. form. Now you're stuck. And this is part of suffering. This is part of the, the majority of suffering that people are having is based on their association to their body and mm -hmm. the limited form mm -hmm. and, and being stuck. And so, you know, this is, you know, anything that has a beginning will end. And so this is what's known as local phenomena. This is fleeting. It comes and it goes. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the whole thing about the, you know, the pause in between is that that neutral point, you're not coming, you're not going, there's no form, it's open, it's created this doorway. And so you can, you can free yourself through those subtle spots. Nice. Well said. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I just want to go breathing. Yes, start now. <laughs> Just do it now. What are you waiting for? I mean, if we if we talk about the a, a little bit more on the ju just I'd like to give a little bit more framework to the contemporary breathing types, um, you know, and just make some uh, you know reference that you know there's a bunch of different names to them, and they're just as I had mentioned, these are adaptations of masterfully mapped art, you know, and 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 then they're just being marketed. So in the West, we're so conditioned, as, as we understand, to the gross physical body, to material, to results now, no? Um, the we, religion of material. The religion of material. We want to get high now. We want to, you know, we want suffering to end right now. Um, you know, give me a pill or give me a nap. <laughs> <laughs> How convenient. Yeah. Um, For, for the current economic models we operate in, everything is about consumerism, which means searching for external things or experiences. Yeah. And here we're talking about the opposite. Yeah. I mean, just ask anyone uh, and, and find out how deeply uh, they feel that they have finally completely received all that they would ever need but from their material. Find someone and say, are you completely satisfied now so that you need nothing else and that you're done so you just, just stop right there? No, not one. Mm -hmm. Because you can't find satisfaction there. Consumerism is the religion of matter. 
Mm-hmm. You know, for example, let's look at let's look at the modern uh, focus. Like, look at the Wim Hof phenomena because it's most definitely a, a phenomena. This is a celebrity made from superhuman achievements, and and I'd like to point out. Uh, many of which, by the way, are common everyday occurrences in the Himalayan mountains with <laughs> yogis and, and monks. But this technique is vaguely adapted from Kriya techniques. You know, like uh, for pr- practitioners out there, the Kapalbhati and Bastrika, these are very similar, reminisce to some of the work that that is put into this breath type. And also, uh, I want to point out the there's this Tibetan yogic tr- uh, technique that I had practiced for years and years that's really, really incredible, and it's known as tumo. And tumo is the technique to create inner heat in an extremely cold setting. Ah. And so this is a process where you're surrounded in, in freezing water or f- in snow and ice, and you are in training your psyche to activate the heat within the body. And so there's visualization, there's, it's a, it's a, it's a huge visualization process. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, very powerful. So, you know, these are some of the things that are, are, are utilized here. And there's a huge marketing engine attached to this. And who does it target? It targets people who are seeking peak experiences and performance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it can, by the way, it can be a bit dangerous you know, it's, it's hyperventilating, you know, there's a big portion is hyperventilating and, you know, it's, it's very strong on the body. And I can tell you that there are definitely stories out there of, you know, people getting hurt from that. And so it's not necessarily targeting people who are in a deep level of interest in healing. It's more targeted towards peak performance and someone wanting to one up someone else by sitting in the ice longer. Oh yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Um, you know, as it said out there, no, it's always better to read the book before, uh, be, read the book before, and then... Then watch the movie. Then watch the movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no doubt. So just taking it as a reference, I strongly recommend to start with the study of ancient texts and practices. You know, the closer, the closer to the original source, the better. And then you'll be able to recognize this marketing behind the popular trends and phenomena such as this one uh, that you mentioned, no? And of course, many more. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it definitely creates context. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of other ones, and I'm familiar, and I, I utilize them and have. You know, another famous one, which a lot of our, there'll be a lot of listeners that are, um, could be practitioners of it, that, that have been, you know, utilize it. Um, it's, you know, this more famous contemporary style. I'm quite familiar with it personally, and I've utilized it responsibly and cautiously for many, many years. Um, and it's known as holotropic breathwork or HB. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically this is in a really super general sense. This is a rapid controlled circular breathing and, you know, there's a powerful rhythmic music and, you know, this is you know, this is based on access, gaining access to altered states, gaining access to get around certain limitations. And, you know, HB was developed by some psychiatrists back in the 70s, you know, Stanislav and, and Christina Groff. And this was back in the 70s. And you know what? They were, these guys were, they were psychiatrists and they were using uh, psychedelics and, and working through 
testing and working through psychedelics for going through trauma and breaking through trauma. Mm -hmm. And what's super interesting is that, you know, they started utilizing and and adapting this breathwork, which once again, these are pulled from ancient Kriyas, but they they were adapting it and using it in replacement of the hallucinogenics or psychedelics because they were outlawed in the U.S. And so they literally shifted over to use breathwork to access these psychedelic states. Wow. Wow, that's that's incredible. And, uh, you know, I've, I've done the holotropic breathwork as well, and it's definitely powerful. It's incredibly incredible how by our own breath, we can organically generate these uh, psychedelics, such uh-huh. as the DMT, no? Uh-huh. DMT is generated by this exercise, no? Uh-huh. In a prolonged way. Um, but yes, uh, to experience altered states of mind. And once again, all of this is is to to know thyself, no? And and I, I think that, I mean, well, I mean, there's varying degrees of what people are using it for. Exactly. But the reasoning behind it is to slow down the mind, slow down and gain access to the present, and to go within and start to extract this inner knowledge to recognize and to deepen oneself to one's true, uh, um, uh, you know, to the, to the truth of the universe, to one's actual identity and to, to, you know, to expand on that. And it's, 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 it's uh, funny, but instead of going out there to buy some DMT pills, just get, get to the breath work. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, stop, if stop you're, searching outside. If you're, but you know, if you, if you're, the thing is, is that now we're getting into a topic, and I think we'll probably touch on this, but we're getting into a topic where there are people who are seeking peak experiences, mm-hmm. and then there is the earnest seeker to wake up and to utilize these for realization, which is what their intention is. And so, you know, I mean, my experience with holotropic started like over like 15 years ago. And, you know, back then down here in the Baja, certified practitioners would come down and, you know, from the U.S. and they'd put on workshops and private functions. And, you know, my wife and I had some different private sessions and things done at our home, Um, you know, and I've been utilizing this style with, you know, with some different variations for many years on myself and with clients. Yep. I can attest to that. Yeah. Beautiful work, by the way. Beautiful work, indeed. I mean, there's, and, and there are so many variants, you know, of kind of off-brand, as I had mentioned brands, off-brand mm-hmm. of HB, you know, that are related to like the closed mouth versus open mouth, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and these are, again, these are not unlike hyperventilation and, you know, eliminating the pause and circulating for extended periods. And so this is, you know, this is also known as circular breathing. And definitely you achieve peak altered states and you go beyond blocks and you reveal without using stimulants. Exactly. And, and then you have these, you know, these newer kind of terms that are really based on contemporary, uh, uh, you know, contemporary medical terms and t- contemporary science, like terms like the polyvagal um, you know, he, you know, and using this for healing sickness and trauma, which we touched on earlier, you know, yeah. as being a goal. And, you know, there's terms like trauma-informed guidance and things. And, you know, they're scratching at the surface here, but they're speaking as being really deeply 
understanding of what they're doing. But without the five biological laws, they're really doing guesswork and scratching at the surface. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's all, you know, it's all good. It's just, you know, there's the mind-body connection and, you know, they're relating to the largest nerve in the body, which is known as the vagus nerve. And it runs throughout the body. And, you know, and, and so releasing through the breath, through touch, through movement, through vocals, this is, this is uh, looking to gain access to switch the body out of the sympathetic state into parasympathetic or vagus, the vagal state. Mm-hmm. And that's the rest, digest state. Correct. But, you know, just to point something out, if, if, if someone thinks that they're going to, by forcing the body into rest and digest, if they think that that's actually healing, they're misinterpreting because the... The, the body's biological program that it's operating, it has to operate it in sympathetic first until it has achieved its goal and then it switches to the vagus system. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the key points that we'll get into in future episodes. And this is what starts to eliminate the guesswork between one person goes and they walk away and say, wow, that... I, I got healed from this uh, practice. And then another person walks away and goes, I didn't. I had symptoms two days later. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's not working with some of the more, the less defined processes that the body's actually taking on. And these have been omitted. And so, you know, being people who are operating through the contemporary medical system and through the mainstream uh, scientific process, they are not aware that there are major pieces omitted in order that they would have a much firmer grasp on what the process the body's taking on. So I just wanted to take a dip. Nice dip. Very uh-huh. nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and what about shamanic breath work? Well, I mean, you know, this is, again, we're just, we're, we, can, we can start throwing out all sorts of different terminologies. That is one of the traditions of without using psychedelics, that is one of the traditions of gaining this, um, you know, process within the body of altered states, Yeah. right? And using the breath for it. So once yeah. again, that is being drawn upon and then utilized in a contemporary setting with a new name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because this, in a way, it's uh, another sign of the, of the shift that we are uh, going through as humanity, no? Yeah. Uh, we have been taking uh, a lot of time and talking and working with these, uh, you know, with these uh, four four years now with these uh, breathing exercises and and practices, and it's very evident how during the last three years this topic is only growing and growing. It's it's kind of like exponentially growing, no? Yeah. Uh, of popularity. You're saying you you and I working on it in the last four years. No, no. Or I mean, just talking about it and communicating yeah, I about mean, it. I mean, we've been talking about it, but it's very evident how, how it's expanded. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. huge. Yeah. I mean, remember, and and this is uh, this is we we had we had been talking about this years ago. Yeah, and you know, we are on the we have we are we've made the point of critical mass, and so we're going to see this massive increase in this direction. Escalating. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, for And sure. so what are some of the breath basics for our audience? Like some benefits of the breath work and... Ah, I love it. Super grateful to share this. I mean, remember, 
and I, I, this is so meaningful to, to, to bring up that the basics are always what's profound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what one can achieve with one's internal scape is quite, quite profound. For example, when the mind is occupied with breath work, slowly you find that the rhythm of the breathing slows down. The slower the breath, the slower the movement of the mind. So imagine you're slowing down thought. You're slowing down this process that's, mm-hmm. that's, taking, that's spinning and speeding, the monkey mind, they call. And when you pay complete attention to the quiet and slow breath, you're now being informed of what's actually going on inside. Wow. Such a subtle but powerful. So yeah. gentle, so profound. And what you find within the breath is like, I say it's like grooves in an old record, like little ripples, mm-hmm. no? like these signatures of events. And of course, uh, hey, some of our listeners are too young for the, the record example, other <laughs> than the DJs out there. <laughs> but, but this is kind of the magic in the breath work is that you're actually learning about yourself through these ripples, through these, you know, these inflections. And the magic behind breathwork is not in necessarily learning and repeating some style, you know, get a certificate so that you can repeat that style on someone else so that you can say that you're a healer. I mean, a guide, yes, absolutely, for sure. But all healing is spontaneous. And, you know, become a witness and find this out. And this is not to diminish people who are going through difficult challenges in their own experiences. It's that you will find out if you are absolutely willing and devoted, you will find out that healing is spontaneous, that you need to find out what you are in the way on so that you can get out of the way and become a witness. And of course, you can be guided towards healing, Mm -hmm. you see? And so if you get your thought and memory interpretations out of the way, you'll find that the body will just go straight into healing itself. Spontaneous healing, that's an, an interesting, very interesting concept. Uh, so oh, it's not a concept, it's brother. A, it's a reality. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's a, a very interesting key concept to be understood, and for me it was key, no? The, the, to, just to understand that the slower the breath, the slower the movement of the mind. You just said it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, for our listeners there, uh, be mindful of this because you will be surprised, mm-hmm. you know. Um, awesome. And so, Jay, what are some practical nuggets for our, our audience here uh, in terms of the breath work? Okay. Practical nuggets. Well, probably I'm, I'll start with the number one basic. And uh, the number one basic for our audience out there is to learn to breathe in through the nostrils, not through the mouth. The nostrils run into the olfactory system. Behind the, in, in through the nostrils, there's an entire optimization system. It filters, it adjusts temperature. It, I mean, it's really uh, impressive and complex what is going on in there in order to bring in this pure life force. And so you, you, you basically can't take in prana 
or oxygen properly through your mouth. Mm. I mean, look, when you're hiking, anyone who's gone hiking, you start opening up your mouth and gaping your mouth, and all of a sudden you're lightheaded and you can't get anywhere. Yeah. And it's because you're breathing through your mouth. So that's one of the key ground level basics is breathe in through your nose. You can breathe out through your mouth. But it, in through you the can nose. choose to breathe out through your mouth. It's part of a like a decelerating uh, process. You can do that, but it's not something where you go, okay, from now on, I'm going to breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth. But that at some point, you will just be using the olfactory system inwards and outwards, taking it in and exiting through that very system, through the nostrils, through mm-hmm. that, you know, through that system there. Um, and, and I, and I want to give a second um, foundational basic practice. And this one is something that I really feel that everyone could do so, have so many benefits from this. And this is known as Durga Pranayama. Mm-hmm. Um, AKA yogic breathing or uh, three part full body breathing. And I'd say this is probably one of the, or if not the best starter, other than starting to just become um, aware of your breathing, breathing in through the nostrils and becoming aware that this is taking it to the next step where you're actually starting to engage with the breathing apparatus. And, you know, you're basically reteaching the body how it used to breathe as a baby. And, you know, intake, and, and this is one of the keys to it, because if you watch a baby breathing, you'll see that a baby breathes and its belly expands on inhale. First thing that expands is the belly. Absolutely. And it's because it naturally understands that the entire cavity has to expand to fully receive. And then th- over time, our system biases, it de-optimizes and we start chest breathing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, so then the biggest, if you, as you're breathing, you notice if you breathe in your belly, that's the biggest motion that your body cavity can make is the full belly expansion. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than the chest expansion. Mm-hmm. And so this creates more space. The diaphragm drops, the body cavity enhances, the lungs expand. And so, you know, I- initiate with the belly first. This is step one. Step two is that once the belly is expanded, then the ribs expand. Mm -hmm. Then step three is the upper chest. And so the shoulders start to kind of, uh, you know, uh, raise the upper chest. It's not, it's the smallest of the three movements, Mm -hmm. but it's the finishing move to get the full body cavity open, right? And, um, And then on the exhale, you're doing it in reverse. So then on the exhale, the upper chest goes down, then the ribs go down, then the belly, and it's like a wave. Mm-hmm. And so you follow it like this wave. Yeah. It, sometimes it's uh, difficult to get it. Uh, well, it at, takes... You know, it takes time. It takes practice because yeah. what you'll find is that if you haven't been breathing that way, when you, when you go to breathe in, you'll notice that you are expanding your chest. And one of the keys to starting to allow your belly to do it, because it doesn't... It hasn't been... It, it's not set that way right now. And so what you do is you loosen up and relax your chest and you just focus on the belly expanding. And you can just start by just even doing a first part breathing where you just let the belly expand and contract, the belly expand and contract, and just leave the chest alone, leave the upper shoulders alone, and just start practicing it with the belly. And that's mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful foundation. You know, um, as I said, it's, it, it, you know, our system has optimized based on high levels of stress, 
um, you know, being in the mind all the time, not being in body conscious, not being, you know, at that level of communication with your own, with your body, with, and so we're just, the system has just really de-optimized us out. And so we're hitting the bare minimum and the nervous system has all sorts of active programs running simultaneously. And so, you know, with the expansion and contractions, there is distortion there. Mm-hmm. Right? And so learn from your breath, as we said at the beginning, breath as the profound teacher. And it's right there. I mean, it's right there. We all have it all, at all time. Yeah, grab a hold of it. But people, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. Well, you know, like we said at the start, you just take it and put it in its priority list. Hold your breath for a bit and you'll find out what's the key to the next steps. It'll be to breathe in. <laughs> so, you know, as stated previously, when you quiet the mind and you drop into the body, the feelings, the senses, you start to become informed. No, this is super, super profound. You start to become informed. Mm-hmm. You can learn everything from this, you know, Wow, this is amazing. And it's really, really true. <laughs> Let me tell you, there is the, the learning that you, I have the, the most profound things have come through just breathing, being present, and just allowing things to reveal within the breath, and it reveals. And so what I want to do is I wanted to touch on some of the different uh, examples of breath patterns mm-hmm. and what the breath pattern could be telling us. And this can be really a really meaningful roadmap for our audience and for for you know anyone who can can see that there's a story being told, and when you start to see it and understand it, it becomes very significant. And I'm going to start I'm going to start by mentioning that the the key to all of this is about being now. The key to breathing is that you are to get to center point so that you can fully be right now. Mm-hmm. That's the key to it. And when you are, you become informed. And so one, one of the, the first basics before even getting into these, uh, the tells, the first basics are, if you are in the past, then you want to accelerate to now. So the way you would accelerate is that you would breathe in more than you breathe out. You breathe in, let's say you breathe in for a five count and you breathe out for two. What are you doing? You're accelerating. You're moving forward. Mm -hmm. If you go too far forward, now you're pushing into the future. To decelerate the breath, meaning that if you're anxious and moving forward, to decelerate, you would breathe in less than you breathe out. So now you switch it around and say, breathe in two, breathe out five, for example. Mm -hmm. What is that doing? It's decelerating, accelerating decelerating. Does this mean that center point, it's exactly the same length in and out? When you have gotten to now, Uh the very center is now. Mm -hmm. And then you have an inhale, pause, exhale, pause. And the very center of 12 o'clock and six o'clock is now. Mm -hmm. And then you are, then you become in this continuous, right? This, this lucid continuous state. Now, here's some profound pieces. The tellings. The tellings. So, for example, um, a forced inhale. So, a forced inhale is where someone is, yeah, pulling, they're they're forcing the inhale. And this typically has to do with being in a struggle, being in a struggle to survive, being in scarcity, 
being in lack, grasping, oh, feeling not enough, mm-hmm. trying to prove oneself. This is related to forced inhales. We, how about a weak inhale? A weak inhale. This is, this is like someone who's disconnected, disconnected from life, um, you know, staying in the comfort zone, avoidance. This is the weak inhale, not being willing to, to fully expose the inhale. Mm-hmm. Huh? And then the restricted inhale, where you're holding back. And the restricted inhale is the fear of death. This is related to the fear of death. And by the way, there's a huge topic here with the GHK and with the C word with lung cancer mm-hmm. and with fear of death. Oh, We're yeah. going to get on that in a future. It's absolutely profound. We're going to hit on that in a future episode. Um, but this is also related to clinging, to scarcity, uh, fear of losing control, resisting emotions. You see how this restrictive exhale, not being holding on, you can't let go, you don't right? feel free. Restricting exhale. And then the forced exhale where you're forcing it out. And this... When you're, this is when you are um, in a conscious aware state, reading your breathing pattern. This isn't that if you were to go into a Kriya where there is a, for, a forced exhale, it's not to be misinterpreted that, that the point of that is that you're utilizing these Kriyas in order to work through these processes. Mm-hmm. What these are here for is to give someone the tell the understanding of how to read their own breath pattern. Absolutely. Right? So the, what was I on? Forced exhale. Forced exhale. So forced exhale is forcing and pushing away the past. Um, Fear of feeling guilt or, uh, you know, not undeserving, rejecting, regretting. Okay. This is related to forced exhale. Um, and then pausing after the inhale. If someone breathes in and then they hold it, like unconsciously hold it, and then break the breath with it, this is related to, again, fear of death. This is a hesitation on letting go. This is, I can't let go. Breathe in and then you just can't let the breath out. Mm-hmm. This is telling us of subtle things going on inside our system. You know, feeling, this is like feeling unsafe, feeling scarcity. And then uh, the you know, the, the pause after the exhale, because we were talking about pausing after the inhale. Mm-hmm. So now you exhale and then you don't take in your breath again. And so by exhaling and not taking it in, this is also known as the death urge. And, you know, this is related to, I can't, this is related to unworthiness, you know, spaciness or re- resistance to opening up, resistance to showing up. Wow. Um, Incredible. Breathing only in the abdomen, this is related to if someone's, uh, if someone is watching and being present with their breathing and it's just only happening really low in the abdomen, this has to do with retaining emotions. So now this is about controlling, uh, about, you know, having problems getting in tune with emotions mm. and having problems coming up and being in the heart. So being stuck down low. You want to retain those Stay emotions. down there. Yeah. And don't want to bring them up. No, 
And then again, this whole breathing only in the chest, which is very standard, by the way. And, you know, this is a very, very standard breath type. And this one is related to obviously being in a standard of stress. And so this is stuck in emotions. This is where there's a lot going on in the mind and one is just lacking strength to deal with it. Not, can't, isn't, you know, not centered and just this, this short chest breathing. This, I, I have an intuition that this might be the most popular <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> no uh, doubt. Wow, incredible information, Jay. Thanks for thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. How can we um, leave the breath up to the automated system without being conscious about it? I mean, it it like without being conscious that you're doing it. Uh huh. So it's as quick as you shifting your awareness to something other than breathing. So one of the keys, we, we talked about it in our last episode. One mm-hmm. of the keys is that you want to question and go, where is my awareness right now? And you find out that your awareness is taking off into some mind movie. It's off in some future or past scenario. And this is how fast you drop the conscious breathing. Just like that, it's gone. Yeah. And now it just switches over. And the automated system is just, again, it's just keeping you alive. Wow. And even more amazing is that if we shed light or consciousness to this, we grab hold of the wheel and the most uh, definitely we, we, we change our quality of living, our quality of life. I mean, once you become, as you say, Jay, the, uh, the hands on the wheel, hands on the wheel, you, when you become the commandeer. Yeah. You of, commandeer the vessel. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's it. And yes. As, as, as easy to get it as easy to lose it. How profound, how profound is it that you have right there, as you say, under your nose, the ability to slip in and grab a hold of the wheel and to put your attention, your awareness on what can benefit your presence. How can you get present now, get in the now? That's where your creativity is. That's where your flow is. The only real. The only real, that's where it is. Um, you know, breath work is most definitely, it has a very, very positive impact on your general well-being and your nervous system. Um, I mean, just find out for yourself. There's, you know, you don't need third-party scientific data. I mean, that was for years. I mean, I remember looking and talking to people about breath years and years ago, and they're like, what's the science on it? And I'm like, what's the science on it? Just start breathing. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, but of course, now there's a ton of data on it because it's become much more interesting again. So now you go, yeah, there's tons of data on it. But it, I mean, it's not necessary to have the data. What is necessary is that you would climb in and go for a ride and Absolutely. experience it. Ooh, That's yeah. what's necessary. No? And so when you're under stress, which in these days seems to be quite a bit, the breath tends to become short and shallow. And so the automated response is going towards this proposition that there's a threat. But are you actually in danger? So, you know, this is where the system is operating as if it's in danger. No? And in danger, we might say that, I mean, when our society was built upon hunters and gatherers, uh, that's where you, I mean, when you're... um, fighting for your life. 
Okay, so you're then being chased. look at basic biology instead of, you know, even, I mean, we can, we can tear down the whole hunter-gatherer thing too, but the tear down the, the whole concept of the bi- basic biology of an animal, it's that you have a, you have a system that's set up for, to, to, uh, that if you're under threat, if you're in actual danger, that your system switches into the parasympathetic nervous system and shuts down all of the different things that it's not going to utilize because it needs that energy to go to the things that fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And so then it innervates certain areas and you have, you know, it drops access to a ton of things in the body. But the thing is, is that what has happened is that we are pretending, we are creating the illusion that we're in danger but we're just putting it towards the future. For example, some business deal went sideways. And so now all of a sudden you're in this exotic danger that you're going to be, you know, and you're imagining that there's some absolute horrific event that's coming. And so you're tricking your system that there is a bear around the corner that's going to maul you. Yeah. This is not being honest (laughs) to your own system. Wow. Right? Completely. So, I mean, cue the, the, the GHK, bro. Cue it again. <laughs> just, just, and to, just to add one more layer, I want to mention that there is a very significant and yet vastly unknown relation here to biological conflict shock and the subsequent biological adaptation program that's deployed in the body. And so this, we again, we're going to get in this in future episodes, but there is literally... an ancient biological program that is deployed in the body upon this conflict and it goes through its process. And this is where we get into symptoms and pieces that people don't understand that those symptoms aren't accidents. They are part of a biological program of adaptation. Just wanted to mention it. And okay, but you know, let's let's uh, just deep into this for a moment. No, and of course, we are definitely going to explore this topic much deeper in future episodes. Um, and of course, if the future comes at that point, I know, I know, it will be now. <laughs> <laughs> it will be now. That's right. Keep talking in the nows, brother. You know, and an SBS in in the GHK, the what's known as an SBS is basically a sensible biological special program. And this is deployed immediately upon receiving the conflict shock. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, the DHS as it's known in the GHK, which AKA is the conflict shock. And this With is the, the biological. Criteria. That's right, it's biological. A psychological conflict does not deploy these adaptations. Correct. Okay. And so, you know, this is an important note because, you know, the majority of practitioners do not know this. And the vast majority have, you know, are much less informed scope on the actual biological system, the different operations that it has. And, you know, just by regulating the breath alone and saying that you regulate the breath and then you go into rest and digest and then it goes away. No, you can walk around the corner and run into another biological conflict shock. And once again, you're going to deploy a program. So you need to start knowing the programs, the adaptations, so you don't confuse it and keep chasing down to go, I need to get rid of this. It's like, no, you need to know what it is before you pretend to get rid of it so that the body can do that when it's ready. Exactly. 
right? So, you know, that is, you know, the special programs the body's running, they adapt and reconfigure the biology. You know, it's not just fight or flight versus rest and digest. That's kind of how they've simplified it. That's how it's being operated as this simplified where you need to just get into rest and digest. You're in fight or flight. It's like, yeah, no, there's much more going on here. And it's really important to learn it. And it's really important to be educated on it. And so, you know, there's more context here that's basically, you know, this is guesswork to say you're in fight or flight, get into rest and digest. This is not being informed of the biological processes. Mm -hmm. You know, trauma, this is another episode Complete. A, a complete future <laughs> episode. I mean, you know, I digress. Let's swing back into the breath. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the breath. Wow. <sighs> wow. I just love breathing. Let me tell you. Okay. How about this? Some of the basic health benefits of breath work. How about that? Awesome. Yeah. So obviously, if we speak in, in, the, in the simplified terms, we say that you're increasing oxygen, you're boosting detoxification because, you know, there's... I, I can't I can't say exactly on the the exact percentage, but you know you'll hear a lot about the the detox through the lungs is like seventy percent of the body's detox goes through the lungs. Imagine that. Interesting. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. So there's that. Um, you know, assisting balancing your blood pH because you you know the blood is the key. It's the life force circulating, and so it's constantly in a balancing act. Mm-hmm. And so you know this is assisting in that in the pH you know, dropping you obviously into calm state, dropping you into alpha state. Alpha state is your your access to being present and lucidly in your flow state. You know, relaxation is known in the yogic traditions as a superpower. Absolutely. And so, you know, increasing your bandwidth, you know, anti-inflammatory effects, clearing away tensions. I mean, these are basics. These are things that just happen right now. These are basics. Um, and... You know, utilizing the breath as a harness for awareness. This is a such a huge tool. Using the breath as your bridge to gain, to pick up, as we had said earlier, where's my awareness right now? Start breathing and then you can see where it is and then bring it to where it needs to be in order to increase your consciousness, in order to, you know, get into the flow state, into the creative state. Mm-hmm. Um Utilizing the actual sensation of breathing itself as a focus practice. So concentrating on the sensation at the nostrils, which is really, really the beauty of the basics. I love that one. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. You're just like, you just notice the sensation, sensation coming in, notice the pause, notice the sensation going out. And, you know, there's repeating a mantra with, within the breathing process. This is another step that, you know, in pro- progressing. So, you know, there's the, you know, the so hum, breathing in so, breathing out hum. There's, you know, different om, breathe in om, breathe out om, and using that mantra f- to create this focus and to create this progression. And, you know, I mean, what, what do the sages say about breath and self-realization? I can tell you what Ramana Maharshi said, and it's profound. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. This is, this is how he described pranayama because this is just so, so profound. Remember, the basics are profound. Let's say it slowly. All right. <laughs> so pranayama has three phases, exhalation, inhalation, and retention. This is the hold. 
how should they be regulated? This is a question to, to Ramana Maharshi, mm-hmm. and this is the profound answer. Completely giving up identification with the body alone is exhalation or rechaka. Merging within through inquiry, who am I? Alone is inhalation, which is puraka. And then abiding as the one reality, I am that, alone is retention or kumbhaka. This is the lock, the hold, the kumbhakas they're called. This is the real pranayama. This is, this is the, the, the pow, profound basics. The point of pranayama is to realize your true identity and wake up. Wow, I love I love the the quotes on uh, Sir Maharashi. Yeah, Maharaj. Maharaj. Yeah, Maharshi. Maharshi. <laughs> We're both <saying. laughs> Ramana Maharshi. Ramana Maharshi. Yeah, awesome. So it's uh, so, such simple and profound episode, I may mm. say. Uh, I'm breathing right now. I'm breathing right now as well. <laughs> you guys breathing? <laughs> Hopefully, you are. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not breathing, you're holding your breath or you are leaving your body. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, we hope, we, we really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We've come to the, to the very last part. And so just to go through the golden nuggets of information that we touched on uh, so that you guys can uh, take away some practical value, I would just repeat a little bit of the things that we uh, covered. But uh, basically, we went through the modern phenomenon known as breathwork, its ancient roots and science, and its relation to the healing and awakening process. Uh, Why is breathwork so significant? And I think we hit on very important pieces there. An introduction to various breath types. Uh, We, I mean, Jay, you mentioned various, uh, so very interesting. And for sure, uh, the basics and the benefits of the breathwork, no? Um, and, you know, one of the key takeaways that I would add is, you know, the, the bridge, as you mentioned, no? Breath work is the bridge to connecting with awareness, uh, to enhancing your meditation practice, mm-hmm. to uh, reach the healing process of your experience, no? Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the realization process, which is, by all means, what we are here to help with. And uh, breath, it's, part, it's, it's a critical piece in the puzzle, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as, as you know, and we've mentioned it, and we want to re-mention uh, it, uh, our mission here and, and the purpose of Sacred Dynamics and this Sacred Dynamics podcast is to support the restoration of humanity through the healing and awakening process, no? And the true commitment starts with oneself. And then... Once you've done it, then it radiates outward to all beautiful souls. Absolutely. Well said. So, so beautiful. What a, what a meaningful purpose here. And I love that we had a chance to touch on this. It's just, it's so significant. It's, one, it's a very beautiful and, and, and huge topic that will probably circulate back on again. Um, you know, if you've 
and and with Sacred Dynamics, I mean, we're you know we're currently going through a revamp process. So you know the podcast, the website. You know, the blog, we've got new course offerings. We have so much beautiful pieces relating to the breath, to meditation, to healing. Um, you know, the, the sacred dynamics, the sacred mastery school, which is coming. And this is an infusion of this sacred path and the guidance to reveal and embody a flowing heart space. Absolutely. You no, know, to reveal one's true identity, the true self. You know, all aspects of one's life are blessed by this pro- this process, and um, you know how 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 powerful is it that we're working with the restoration of of humanity and to realize our true identity? I mean, it's just at the top; it's the pinnacle; it's the great work. And you know, if there is, uh, there's of course uh, some opportunities to uh, to interact and work through Zoom. Um, and you know, if if you're listening to us and you're down in the Baja, there uh, maybe there's an opportunity to get together and uh, to do some live work. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, um, there's many many things coming, and uh, I just want to thank you, dear sacred souls. Um, if you like what you're listening, we encourage you to share our work with your closest uh, closest relations. No. And uh, of course, you, if you have questions or comments, by all means, you can connect with us through Instagram at Sacred Dynamics with 1D, or you can visit our website, sacreddynamics.com, again with 1D, or you can join our Telegram channel at Sacred Dynamics, again, 1D. Thanks, Ra. You know, again, if you, if you like what you're listening to, hit a like and share. Thank you guys for listening to the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Until next time, stay connected through conscious breath and grounded presence. Namaste. Namaste.